This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Empire. The live broadcast is constantly modernizing. Uh, and so Sony and Grass Valley uh, really recognized that and developed um, quite a few different systems that were really made to fit. And, and when I say made to fit, um, you know, fitting the right lens, the correct big lens that you would see at a live sporting event. That's Nick Garvin, COO of Mobile TV Group, which is working with outlets all over the country to put on the best broadcasts that money can buy. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. We have spent a lot of time discussing all of the different content offerings that platforms are leaning into as times change. But the broadcasts themselves have had a revolution in terms of demands on tech, second screen friendly offerings, and all the bells and whistles that young fans want and demand. This while audiences fracture. For Nick Garvin, finding that balance has been an interesting ride. Our guest this week is Nick Garvin. He's the chief operating officer and the managing partner of Mobile TV Group, which is a leader in live television production, technology innovation, customer service, and maintenance. They're producing over 4,000 live, mainly sporting events all over the country. Hey, Nick, how are you? Hey there. Uh, I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me today. Uh, why don't we just get some background? Um, give me the background of Mobile TV Group and what you guys are doing now. Yeah. Um, w- we started many years ago, nearly uh, nearly 30 years ago now, uh, as uh, really just a small studio. And the, the Denver Nuggets and Prime Sports needed help uh, with their productions. And, and that's how MTVG, Mobile TV Group, really got its start. Um, and since then, it, it's grown, uh, well, many times over, really all organically, really duplicating that model of, of partnering with the local teams and the, and the local RSNs and networks to uh, provide our technology and live production services. Uh, and as you mentioned, we're now covering uh, well over half of the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball uh, across the country, along with... Um, Many other uh, you know, types of events, corporate, um, entertainment, music, uh, really anyone who, who needs to go live um, and they're looking for a technology partner to support them, uh, that, uh, that would be us. Cool. All right. So let's, uh, let's dive into it a little bit. Um, tell me about live production in modern sports now. What has changed and what are teams and your partners looking for out of a live broadcast? Yeah. Um, uh, so much has changed and so much has actually stayed the same in many ways. Um, but, uh, the, our, our partners, you know, the, the, the various networks are around the country are always looking to, uh, improve their production. Um, and so improving their production, 
means anywhere from um, increasing the, the efficiency of the production that they have to do so many of. Uh, and then there's, of course, um, increasing the quality uh, of, of the video and the program that, you know, the viewers and the fans see at home. So stepping back maybe, you know, five, five years or so, um, th- there's been a constant push for more cameras, more angles. Um, a, big, a big technology push was around super slow motion. There used to be maybe one or two um, super slow motion cameras on any given live, you know, professional event. And, and really now the standard is at least four. Um, and, and huh. you know, briefly, super slow motion cameras cost more. They take more um, record and they're, and they're more complicated. Um, and then evolving from there, you know, the big ones, you know, have, have been and are 4K, 1080p, uh, and then, of course, HDR, which is high dynamic range, which allows you to see those, you know, bright colors and um, um, uh, or you can see players in the dark, you know, in, in the shade and in the and in the, the brightest and sunniest spots at the same time. Um, so th- those have been the big ones. Um, and then around the efficiency side of things uh, with with COVID accelerating, it's uh, something that we developed called cloud control which allows production teams to remote into a live event uh, without traveling to it. I want to get into that a little bit. Um, (laughs) This this started really pre-COVID for a lot of different content providers, but obviously was exacerbated by the issues with the pandemic. Um, Can you take me a little bit more into the idea of doing, but doing it from a remote location? Sure. So, I'll start by saying there's probably a dozen different flavors of this. Um, and the flavors that a particular production team uses depends on a handful of things like budget, uh, like the, um, uh, the size of the live production, um, and maybe even the value of the live production. Um, but the most common one that we do probably now almost, you know, 10 times a day, um, is cloud control where, uh, it's really used for regional sports networks where there is a home team production and a visiting or away team production. Um, so an example I'll just pull pull out of out of the hat here is uh, the Los Angeles you know Clippers at the Denver Nuggets. Um, so historically, um, Valley Sports West is the content or, or rights holder of um, the, the the Los Angeles Clippers, and their production team would travel to Denver to produce the Clippers feed at the Denver Nuggets. Um, that includes, you know, your producer, director, uh, and some more operators that would travel. And with, with cloud control, uh, we and TBG have built uh, 25 of these cloud control rooms around the country. Uh, so Valley Sports West and Santa Monica have a cloud control room that they go into instead of traveling to Denver. Um, and they are controlling the mobile unit uh, that is uh, at Ball Arena huh. uh, in Denver, Denver Nuggets. Okay, they're controlling it. Um, are both teams controlling the same camera angles and shots? Are they sharing that, or is that separated for the bro- for the Nuggets broadcast and the Clippers broadcast? It's a it's a great question and something we spend a lot of time on. Um, this is a, what we call a dual feed. Yeah. So the answer is sort of yes. They have some of their own cameras. Uh, they also share some cameras, um, but there are two different 
Um, there are two different complete productions, uh, but they do share some resources uh, along with the technology that's in the Mobian. The really expensive pieces, the router and the switcher, are actually split in half and half given to, um, and in and, and my example, the Denver Nuggets would be Altitude uh, Sports, uh, and then in Los Angeles would be you know, Valley Sports West. Um, so that's called the dual feed. So they share those systems, but two different productions. Uh, yeah, and that, that can be applied whether they travel to the event or they don't and they're back in their cloud control room. Oh, okay, because for the purpose of storytelling, the story of the game to the Nuggets broadcasters might be very different than the story of the game to the Clippers broadcasters dependent on variables, obviously. So right. they're sharing the feeds. When you say sharing, they're, they're sharing what? The standard shots where the balls bring being brought up the court, but they could then cut away to the replays or the cutaways of their bench that makes more sense to the story they're telling that wouldn't then be seen on the other regional network? Is Do I have that right? You, you have it right with one, I think one addition there is they can access any and all of the cameras independent of each other. So um, it's not just replays, it's a different announcer, it's a different producer and director, and they can take any and all camera, which there's you know typically at least a dozen cameras. Um, and as the away broadcaster in, in, in our workflow, they, well, in this case, the Valley Sports West producer and director can control up to three cameras. That means that they are directing those camera operators to focus on whatever they want to tell their story. Got it. But they can still go to any camera at any time. Right. So when a coach is having a discussion with a player on the bench, that may not matter to the Nuggets broadcast because it's the Clippers coach doing it, but to the Clippers broadcast, it does. So they can communicate that they want that specific shot. Yes? You got it. Okay. You got it. And these are human camera operators, right? Are, are we at a place where you're looking at robotically controlling the shots within a live event in a major stadium? Uh, yeah, predominantly um, human uh, camera operators control uh, operating those cameras. There are some robotic cameras for unique positions, like on top of the stanchions and in, in, in a basketball game, or 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 on the glass in the NHL uh, game. But even those are controlled. Uh, by a human operator just in a different location. Okay. There are, there are some automation techs out, you know, uh, uh, technologies out there that are pretty interesting. Um, but uh, our, our customers, our clients really prefer that human element that they can see outside of the lens what's going on outside of the field of view. Okay. And you had mentioned here that the technology has grown um, significantly, especially in, in recent years. Let me go back to slow-mo technology. Um, that's been around for a very long time, but it sounds like it's gone to another level. Um, can you explain what the difference is in implementing the new type and slow-mo technology into a live broadcast? Yeah, I mean, it was only, it was only probably eight years ago where they were military-grade cameras that were being retrofitted to be uh, uh, used in a live broadcast. And it, they just had a lot of limitations. They weren't built um, for, for you know, everyday use in a, in a, in a live broadcast. Uh, and so Sony and Grass Valley uh, really recognized that and developed um, quite a few different systems that were really made to fit. And, and when I say made to fit, um, you know, fitting the right lens, the correct big lens that you would see at a live sporting event, uh, along with matching. So when, when a, when a, in a live broadcast when um, cameras are being switched from one to the other, 
you want the same look, the same color. Um, you want them to match. Um, and so they, they, they accomplish that. Uh, and then it's always this how, uh, how super slow-mo is it? Is it three times? Is it six times? Um, and uh, six times has really sort of become the standard that um, most people will see uh, on TV. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. And then there is the modern, I don't know if it's issue is the right word for it, but a lot of what is being filmed and used for the broadcast needs to then be disseminated through social media, through clips. How do you kind of think through what that needs to look like and for the purpose of that priority for the platform to be able to share what's happening um, throughout all different social media platforms. Yeah, you know, as uh, at, at MTVG, we help create um, the production, and yeah. then we sort of hand it over yeah. uh, to to our to our clients. But um, something something interesting along those lines um, is we actually worked with the NBA uh, to help them develop something called the Mobile View. And there was, there's the game camera and NBA broadcast, which you, which you see about 80% of the time, you know, it's sort of the back and forth and on TV, uh, that, that angle looks great, but, uh, on a mobile device, it's a little too small. You're a little too far away. So screen size is so much smaller. So it's actually a pretty simple solution. Um, a little trick that we helped, um, um, develop with them, whereas we have another camera set right next to it. And it zooms in a little bit tighter on the game for the mobile phone. Um, and so when, when a, in the mobile unit, when the technical director cuts to that game camera, uh, on your TV, you see one camera, but if you're watching on your phone, it automatically switches to that other one. So whether it's social media or through an app and streaming app, um, you'll see a slightly different zoomed in angle that, uh, ha- has really been successful, I think, and, and viewers have really, um, notice, uh, according to the NBA. 
All right, let me ask this question. This might be even too in the weeds, but here you are bringing all this different technology in. The content providers would like the latest and the greatest in terms of cameras and all of the different effects that it can give and all the different options that it gives the content provider. Do you talk to the teams in the stadium about lighting and what is happening within the arena to ensure that what you are giving back to the television provider is what they are, you know, looking, quote unquote, looking for? Yeah. Well, it's pretty interesting in, in our world. There are a lot of different stakeholders. There, there is the, there's the, the arena, which is usually has a different owner uh, or many times does than the team. Huh. Then the team, you know, sells the rights broadcast to the network. Yep. Uh, and then it's really the networks, you know, the Fox sports, the ESPN, the CBS, the, uh, the Valley sports that then come to us uh, to provide this technology and these systems. So there is a lot of coordination and, and quite a bit of partnership among all of them, but they are, they are different stakeholders with, with slightly different um, priorities. Uh, but lighting has been a big thing over the years for, for the NBA um, and, and, uh, uh, and, and has some overlap, of course, with many NHL arenas. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is a factor and it's gotten really good. Uh, the lighting has really improved, um, which, which, which actually eliminates some of the needs for some of these tricks like yeah. HDR, high dynamic range huh. that I mentioned. Yeah. But where high dynamic range really shines is when you don't have control of the lighting in an, in an, in major league baseball, uh, uh, stadium, usually outdoor, uh, and especially in football. Um, let me ask you about AR and, um, and, uh, and VR technologies um how are you integrating that into what you all are doing you know we saw we saw a little bit of you know a spike in the demand for for those types of technologies and uh we we were playing we were paying really close attention for a while um and in in our world it's it sort of fizzled out a little bit for now um you know my opinion is that it'll probably come back um but uh and this is somewhat anecdotal but uh the social the social component of watching a live event with people i just don't think has been has been totally recreated yet in in the vrar world where you want to talk to your friends you know so much throughout a live event you don't want to be in you know your little bubble with the with the headset on and i guess the audience will determine this but we've already kind of touched on some of the stuff you're doing is cost efficient for the providers um I don't know that VR is cost efficient on your end for them. And I don't know what the AR cost to produce for them is. So is that maybe some of the stumbling blocks too, that they're concerned about what it would cost to actually produce that on their broadcasts? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, the short answer is I'm not sure. I think they're, um, I think the demand is, is, is still, I think in question. Um, yeah. I mean, there was always that dream, right? You could sell a courtside seat a million times over, right? That right. was, I think, the hypothesis that just sounded so appetizing. Um, and I, I think there might be a resolution challenge still. You know, we're still trying to push 1080p. Um, and when I mean push, I mean accomplish 1080p throughout the complete distribution channel and accomplish 4K, which, you know, we, we have done. We built the first 4K uh, mobile unit in the U.S., um, that actually covered the Masters as its debut. Um, 
But uh, with, when you have something so close to your face, um, you really need extremely high resolution, uh, right? It's just like if you were to go stand in front of your TV, even if you have a great 4K TV, if you get too close, you will see the pixels um, and you will see pixelization. Um, and whereas if you step too far, you know, you're really far away, which actually most, most consumers are a little too far away, you know, whether it's 4K or HD doesn't matter as much. Um, but when you strap something so close to your face, um, it really needs to be, in my opinion, uh, you know, 4K, 8K, or even more. All right, let's end on a broad question. We we talk to a lot of groups that are on the production side of it. They talk about all the things that will be implemented into the broadcast, gaming, gambling, all this other type of, of stuff. I'm curious from your point of view what the trends are for what the game is going to look like, um, regardless of all the accoutrements that go into the actual content itself. Are we going to watch basketball games the same way we've always watched them, or is that changing right now? Crystal ball question. Um, you know, the one thing that is a continuous trend uh, and that our team gets gets uh, um, challenged with is more. It's just more, more, more. More camera angles, um, um, just more inputs, you know, we're sending signals in any given, you know, professional event, we're sending signals, you know, five to 10 different ways, whether it's going to the league or going to the referee center. Um, so I, I think they're definitely pushing in, in just all directions more. Um, you know, what will it look like? Um, you know, the, 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 the various feeds I think will evolve and they'll be able to deliver unique feeds to to the right viewers where you know i think generally we're still getting the same the same look uh you know whether you're watching or i'm watching so i think it'll continue to be more personalized um uh, tailored to the viewer nick garvin is the coo and the managing partner at mobile tv group thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me on the next future sport podcast we will revisit the weight room and some technology helping teams become the best they can be or we are a fitness technology company um, that is focused on strength training, right? So if you think about like a wearable device, like an Apple Watch that tracks like, your, your heart rate, steps, calories, we provide a similar experience, but really focused on strength training business. That's Jacob Rothman, CEO and co-founder of Perch, the technology that helps you build your most competitive body. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.